congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Rex, you know, you taught me something this morning uh, at the end of the little children's message there. Rex, you said something. You said, I just found out that the end of the world is awesome. I think that could be the whole sermon. I think if that's all that we took away from today, we would be truly blessed and have learned quite a lot and have application for our lives and have learned basically all that Scripture has to tell us. The end of the world is awesome. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, though, does it? Sometimes the world doesn't feel that way. And it certainly didn't feel that way for the disciples that day when they were awestruck by the magnificent stones of Solomon's temple. You know, the stones are probably about as big as one of these squares here, just massive white stones. I mean, just to think about how people could have gotten those together and built such a magnificent temple. They were all struck by it. They were probably struck by how awesome human endeavor could be and what human beings are really capable of. Jesus crushes any idea that they have. And sometimes when Jesus speaks, we kind of ask that question. He said, what? He said, what? What did Jesus just say? Here they are enjoying this magnificent beauty, and I probably, if I had been sitting there, would have wanted Jesus to say something about Solomon's faith, about how Solomon and, and, and how Solomon um, was, was God's um, person and, 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 and king on earth, and how God had blessed Solomon, even in the midst of Solomon's many sins, and how this human endeavor was, was taking place in the midst of God's grace and mercy. But no, Jesus says, do you see these magnificent stones? I tell you that not one stone will remain on top of another. A prophecy of the destruction of the temple. The temple. The heart and soul of Israel. The heart and soul of their faith. This is where sacrifice is made. This is where people are made right with God through the sacrifice that they bring to God. That's wrong. The temple was never about the sacrifice that the people were bringing to God. The temple should have always been about God coming to the people. And that's precisely what's happened. That's exactly what's happening. As they marvel at the magnificence of the temple, it might as well be in them marveling at the magnificence of the world and the creation of men. And what do they miss? What are they looking right over top of? They are seeing right past the temple of God made flesh. They are looking right through the temple of God now speaking to them. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God's temple. 
and he will not sacrifice, and there won't be a sacrifice of an animal. It will be the sacrifice of himself. Look at the context for where this pericope is situated. Luke chapter 21. Jesus has already entered Jerusalem triumphantly. He has already uh, turned over tables in the temple. He has taught. This is the last week of his life. This is actually right at and on the brink of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Passover meal. Later, just in a, a few hours, he's going to celebrate the Last Supper. Right after this section that he talks about the end times, Judas is going to betray him. After the supper, he'll go out into the garden. He'll be arrested. He'll be tried. They'll find him guilty of what? Guilty of loving? Guilty of, of forgiving? Guilty of healing? Guilty of raising from the dead? And they'll crucify him. And overarching all of this is God's magnificent plan of salvation wrought and began at the very beginning when sin entered in through man's disobedience to God. And yet today we act confused like we don't know what in the world is going on. We watch the politics, we watch the, 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 the hearings, we, we watch the news, and, and we shake our heads and say, how can any of this be happening? It's like an Oklahoman walking outside saying, how in the world could the wind be blowing right now? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why are we wearing jackets in the middle of November? It just doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense. Can you not see and read the seasons? Of course you can. I think even this morning somebody asked, will it rain? I don't know. We're in Oklahoma. It may or may not rain. If we can read the seasons and the weather, weather patterns, and when we see clouds coming out of the west, we can say, I think rain might be coming. Then why is it so hard for us to read the times that are happening? Come to the Bible study, and we will study Malachi. And there in Malachi, in chapter, uh, I think it's chapter 3, uh, people will actually call evil good in those end times. That's not happening in our day and age, is it? People aren't calling what is evil actually good. Yes, they are. Why? Because we are in the end times. Because Jesus is coming soon. And this is not a, 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 a message of perplexion. This is a message of joy. Rex, you got it right. The end of the time, the end of days, the, the, the last day on earth is awesome. 
And everything that we see in the world is telling us that this is happening, that God's word is true, and that as we see it, we do not need to be perplexed, but joyous that Jesus is coming. You want an expression of that? In just a few moments, come up to this table. And the thing that God promised to do from Genesis all the way to the Revelation is going to occur right now. Jesus is going to come to us in with an under bread and wine by the power of his word, by that power of that word that is able to subdue all things. We come to that realization in this meal. And at this meal, we have the thing that the temple could never actually ever really offer at the end of the day. The forgiveness of sins. This is the foretaste of the feast that is to come. And as we eat and drink this body and blood, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Alleluia and amen. There's peace from God. It surpasses our ability as humans to understand. May that peace guard your hearts and your minds always, never focused on your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.